What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the SmartCon Moment Smack Talk podcast. NXT's Great American Bash just ended a moment ago, so I'm going to be breaking down what happened on there, recapping all the matches, all the results and everything, and of course, reviewing my thoughts on the pay-per-view that we just watched. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, flying solo on this edition. Rob's got some internet issues going on. Callum is asleep, and I'm not the biggest fan of NXT to begin with anyway, so... Of course, uh, I am going to run this down with the help of anybody that ends up popping up on the live chat. I'm kind of starting a little bit quicker right now instead of just uh, giving a few minutes worth of the um, please stand by or whatever. So hopefully some people start popping in here. Uh, if that's the case, you know, chat it up. If you end up listening to this after the fact, leave your thoughts in the comments below. Make sure you do all the other good stuff you normally do with every other YouTube channel that if you are on that section, at least hit the like button, make sure you are subscribed, ring that little notification bell, click on that join button if you want to get access to the dark cast and the other tiers that you would normally get on Patreon. Of course, go over to Patreon if you prefer that even more. It's also a little thanks button. It's a little tip jar kind of means to keep the lights on here. And if you want to pick up some merchandise, go to Redbubble or Public. All right, I see that we got Daniel in the chat going on right here. Amazing main event. Pretty sure Dragonoff has Death Wish. He had put a... Uh, he had butted the NXT title when taking out Trick. I didn't even notice that, actually. That uh, that went a little bit under my radar. But, um, yeah, good main event that we got going on. Some other good matches here. Some matches that were just sort of meh. Overall, if I had to sum up my general, you know, super quick take of this, it was a fine night of pro wrestling action that I don't feel like if you missed it, you really need to check out a good portion of it. I think that they made the right call with... Most of the matches, I liked the ending to a good portion of them. And, you know, I mean, overall, I'm thumbs up on this, but it's not going to be my pay-per-view of the year by any means. I have none of these matches that are going to be on my match of the year list or anything. Likewise, nothing really all that bad either. You know, this was just a run-of-the-mill solid enough pay-per-view. So let's go ahead and start breaking it down here with the kickoff, which, of course, the half of it was just pre-show panel analysis. So nothing really to talk about there. The eight-person mixed tag team match, though, had the uh, other half of the kickoff. So we had the metaphor going up against Nathan Fraser, Dragon Lee, Valentina Royce, and Ulyssa Leon. Booker T immediately starting off the pay-per-view saying he doesn't know what the hell's going on, tossing out that Twitter is now X and, uh, you know, kind of playing around with, you know, how Booker is on commentary. But... Their only really thing to talk about, I think, for this match, because, yeah, it was fine. It, it was what it was. I was actually surprised that the Metaphor lost. I thought that they were going to win this. So Dragon Lee gets the pin for his team over on Oro Mensa. And I got to assume that maybe the Metaphor is not in the best position right now. I uh, said before that I missed the last three episodes of NXT, so I don't know if it was kind of building towards them losing, but... To me, it's a little strange that the Heritage Cup champion didn't get the pin, doesn't have a feud going on that's specifically for that, where the championship will be on the line. They're doing the fake Heritage Cup thing with Noam Dar, so I guess they're going to continue that. Maybe they're going to just, that's going to be the end of it, and this was just kind of, you know, to put a button on that and have Oromenta lose again. Maybe he's going to get kicked out of Metaphor. I don't know how they're really going to play this up, if there's going to be anything that follows it, or if this is just a means to get eight people on the card, but I thought that it was just sort of meh. 
the actual first match of the card beyond the kickoff was the tag team title match, which had some good moments in here. Starting off the little recap thing, I was calling attention to their parody music of The Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects, one of my favorite movies. If you have not seen it, definitely watch The Usual Suspects. I recommend that to everybody. And the whole setup with, you know, I've said before, Gallus is not my favorite tag team champions uh, in NXT tag team title history because I think that this is pretty pretty boring title run. So I've been rooting for them to lose those belts for quite a while. And I was disappointed that when this started, it seemed like the crowd wasn't really all that interested in it. And it started to heat up a little bit more. You know, they were waking up a little bit once uh, the action kind of started and they started to do, you know, a little Tony D chant for a moment here and there and all. But I don't have any other notes really up until when we got towards the end of the match. And that's when Joe Coffey tried to get involved. He tried to bring in a foreign object, which, you know, threw a whole bunch of shenanigans. Tony D ends up getting that, hits Wolfgang with it. They end up having a double team moment. And we've got new tag team champions, which I think, of course, is the right call. I think that these two are much more dynamic. I think that they are more interesting to carry the titles going forward totally tired of Gallus, and I think that they probably would have been better off if they would have moved a different match to this part of the show, though, and maybe used this as the bathroom break, even though that's got a title change, and I understand that maybe they wanted to kick it off with a title change to really kind of get the crowd all hyped, but I think I probably would have potentially put maybe the Gable-Stevenson match first or something, but, you know, uh, knowing the end of that match, never mind. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Maybe the uh, the triple threat match or something. I don't know. I see Christopher Myers in the chat. What's up, Chris? I didn't know this event was happening until I saw a video on TikTok seven minutes ago. <laughs> what was the video? What was the thing that reminded you of that? Um, I'm not surprised, though. Great American Bash falls under, you know, obviously the NXT banner. So that's not something that people pay the most attention to. And it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of buzz going into this either. So it's not like this is the most bombastic thing. And we got SummerSlam next week. It's hard to remember sometimes when they end up not doing that on the same weekend and all. Remember, by the way, SummerSlam's next week, <laughs> just in case that's next Saturday. So following that up was the Weapons Wild match. And uh, I thought that it started off pretty interesting with Roxanne doing her entrance. And she's, you know, shaking hands with people and... She's got her little sister there and her mom, so she's uh, you know kind of posing with them. And then eventually Davenport, dressed in you know hood and everything, she's in the crowd and she starts attacking her. I like that. That's a good way to start. They beat each other up a little bit with some trash cans and some steel chairs, and they also had a whole spot with a branding iron. Now, normally I would assume you would assume if I said a branding iron was brought out that that means that. Somebody was branded with the hot iron. Well, they ended up just not even pretending that that was hot. Instead, Davenport used that as just another thing for her to whack Roxanne with. Primarily with the um, the whole setup, you know, how they've done in the past where somebody gets the trash can put on top of their head and then they get hit with like a kendo stick. She was sitting over with the branding iron. Now, <coughs> sorry, I still have uh, a little bit of COVID symptoms going on. Uh that was pretty dangerous, I think, because that could very easily tear through those thin little trash cans. And thankfully, it didn't seem like that was the case. Plenty of moments throughout this night that were almost injury moments. And it doesn't seem like anybody got injured. So 
that's of course what we were always hoping for but they had a good little spot here with blair davenport intimidating roxanne's little sister and then uh, roxanne getting fired up from that whipping her with a belt and crowd goes nuts for the table of course we got a whole spot there with perez splashing davenport through there there was the finish of pop rocks onto the chairs which i thought was good and this was a fun match you know at this point definitely the highlight of the night at uh at least as far as the previous two matches were concerned even though i like that they did the title change but this was good thumbs up on that one i think the right person won i think that they did the match in a way that made a lot of sense I'm down for still what we were talking about before. I think Roxanne could just move up to the main roster and just be done with NXT, but I'm not getting any kind of a feeling that that's exactly where they're going. So might have to hold off on that for a little bit. Next match after that was Gable Stevenson's debut against Baron Corbin. He did a pretty decent job. You know, I mean, there of course are some things he could be working on. He's not immediately the best wrestler of all time, but that's perfectly okay. The guy's 23 years old. He's got plenty of time to figure this out. And he did a pretty decent job all the way through the match up until the point that they end up having a draw. They both get counted out. They continue to fight. Uh, Corbin gets sent through the uh, security barricade right around like the ring bell area with um, Alicia Taylor and all. And the crowd, of course, not digging it. They're chanting bullshit. And it seemed at least from what I could hear at least from my perspective of what I can hear, maybe I'm even hearing it wrong, mishearing this, it seemed like the crowd continued to boo even after Stevenson won the brawl. Like he's continuing to fight with Baron Corbin, and then it ends up being that, you know, he gets the upper hand and he's standing tall. Instead of cheering for him, having the highlight over Corbin, seems like they were just still booing. Probably because they wanted an actual ending of the match. I don't blame them for that. But I also kind of understand why WWE did this the way that they did. They're going to try to milk this for quite a bit longer. So it's not my favorite. I tend not to like when they have these non-finishes on pay-per-views because I feel like pay-per-views should be where things end or when, you know, the second thing that happens in like a three-step feud or something along those lines. I want the story to move forward. I don't like feeling like, things are just pretty pointless or that that's just to get you to watch the TV show or to get you to just watch the next pay-per-view. I don't really like that. It can work sometimes. And admittedly, this isn't like, you know, every pay-per-view ends with a double count out or anything, but since we have so many disqualifications and we have so many interferences leading to people winning all the time on Raw and SmackDown and such, I think more of the definitive wins, like when AEW tends to do them, I think that they mean a little bit more. Of course, AEW has its own flaws when it comes to that, too. Sometimes that's just doesn't matter who wins, and you're not telling a story here. So you need a healthy balance of this. They're telling a story. They're keeping this feud going. I don't hate it as much as everybody else does, but I don't love it either. Let's put it that way. At least when it comes to Gable Stevenson, he did a good enough job that makes me go, fine, all right, you know, I'll continue to see this guy going forward rather than for him to completely botch everything and be like, yeah, you invested in somebody who's worthless. Daniel in the chat saying they turned on him. I think that that could very well be the case too. You know, I mean, we've seen plenty of times in the past where somebody comes in as the white meat baby face that we're clearly going to push 
And the crowd just immediately says, you're going to have to earn it, motherfucker. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if Cable Stevenson's done enough to quite earn that yet. Maybe we'll see a Kurt Angle type situation where he ends up succeeding really well as a heel, comes back around as a babyface. I don't know. I mean, it happened for quite a bit of people. Mark Henry in the same situation. People weren't really loving him. He turns heel, works his way back up. Maybe we'll figure it out. I don't know. Lyra Valkyrie was then interviewed. Uh, she got attacked by JC Jane. That's setting up a match for the two of them on NXT on Tuesday night. Then we got the North American title match, Triple Threat. Dominic Mysterio heading in as champion, defending against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. Both of those two baby faces, Dominic the heel that they're double teaming. Good moves here and there throughout. Very nice tornado DDT that Ali did to Lee. Uh, they had a double submission spot. Ali had a camel clutch on Dominic and a Boston Crab on Wes Lee. That was nice. Uh, Ali went for a 450, ended up crashing into the apron. I'm sure that that felt really nice. <laughs> I liked Rhea Ripley giving uh, Wes Lee a riptide to the commentary table. I liked Wes Lee kicking out of a lot of things. You know, he was kicking out of that. He kicked out of getting hit with a Women's World Championship title belt. And eventually... It all boils down to Ali gets a 450 on Wesley. Ripley pulls Ali off. Dominic follows it up with a frog splash. And he pins Wesley to retain the title. Rock solid match. I think that they did a really good job. I think everybody held their part really well, including Ray Ripley on the outside. And I like the ending to it. I like that Dominic still needed help and that he capitalized on what should have basically been a Mustafa Ali win but in a way that he actually still did the move. You know, he didn't just take the pin from Rhea hitting her finisher. So I think it's probably the step in the right direction there. Keeping the spell on Dominic brings a little bit more attention to NXT. I don't know about the whole Mustafa Ali thing. I don't know if they just got cold feet about giving him the belt and they wanted to do the Dominic experiment instead, or if they're going to come back around to this. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Maybe for all we know, they're deciding that they do want to do the Dragon Lee thing for this and then come back around Ali. Maybe they want to have Ali move over to the Heritage Cup side of things. That'd be kind of interesting. I wouldn't be opposed to that. But then we did get a little spot later on, Dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio having some crosswords backstage. So all the more reason for me to think Dragon Lee is going to be that guy that beats Dominic Mysterio for sure. Frankie's in the chat too. What's up, Frankie? Uh, stay tuned for... His AEW collision coverage coming soon to a smart guy moment. Good show. NXT is slowly improving, but obviously not what it used to be, but they have talent. Yeah, it's not the black and gold days. That's for sure. But I don't know if we're ever going to get back to that just because they are, of course, always going to be using people that are on the younger side and, you know, the idea of bringing established names in. Uh, you know, they experimented with that. It worked really, really well. And we got a lot of great talent from that. And then a whole bunch of them ended up going over to AEW. So I think that uh, they're really banking on that next in line stuff that I personally don't think is going to work out super well. But, you know, you have to learn your lessons once in a while. You got to make mistakes. Speaking of making mistakes and learning some lessons, the submission match for the NXT Women's Championship was something that had a couple scary spots in it where, you know, some people almost landed on their heads and everything. Stratton, for instance, uh, she came very close to just getting some sort of a neck injury from that. Um, I still like the match though. 
you know, I really like Fia Hale's enthusiasm. I've said that before. I think that she's actually improving really, really well too. Not just in the enthusiasm, you know, fun character side, but I think that she had a really solid performance tonight. And Tiffany Stratton, yeah, she's got plenty of stuff that she still has to work on too. Look, it's the developmental brand. They're not going to be perfect. And I think that for two relatively rookie talents to have this type of spotlight on them, I think that they pretty much succeeded. Yeah, there's moments here and there with like the suicide dive that was just sort of a botch. She didn't really catch her and all. They're they're not perfect, but they did a good job. I like the ending, to be honest. I think that it was a good call to have Andre Chase throw in the towel. And it keeps Thea Hale looking like, man, she had a chance, even though she most likely just would have tapped out eventually because she was pretty stuck in that. Um, oh, in the chat, uh, Daniel, what do you think of Corbin's new theme? I don't get the pirate ship. I was confused about the pirate ship. Yeah, I figured that maybe that was just something that I missed out on from those past three weeks. The theme said, you know, it's a decent theme. It's not as catchy as the Lone Wolf one, but, you know, how often these days do we really get something that has, like, an iconic start to it or something that's immediately stuck on your ear? I'm more of a fan of, like, Bret Hart's theme, of course, like, Stone Cold's Glass Shatter, that kind of thing. This doesn't give me that vibe, and it ends up just being sort of a generic theme, but it's not a bad song. I'm going to have to listen to it some more for sure. XOY, I like solely, Solo Tony at times. Thank you for popping up in the chat. Thank you for the comment as well. Adam saying drop by to say hi and smash the like button. Got home late and still have to watch the event. Thanks for popping in, Adam. I appreciate the like as well on top of that. Definitely should come back and check it out after the, the fact. Let us know what you think about the pay-per-view. So, yeah, our NXT Women's Champion continues to be Tiffany Stratton. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad decision, but I kind of reiterate what we were talking about before i was saying you know i wouldn't be opposed if they would have given the belt to thea hale and during the match there were a couple moments where i was thinking they're not going to do it but i really want them to to just go with it but stratton had a lot of pink barbie themed type stuff going on and I think that at the very least, they're going to try to keep that on her during the big promotional sweep that Barbie is doing, which I haven't seen, by the way, yet. I'm way behind on so many different movies and TV shows at this point, you know, missing out on those two weeks in Brazil, pushed a little bit of those movies back behind. So haven't seen Mission Impossible yet. haven't seen Oppenheimer, Barbie. I got some like DC animated stuff that I need to check out, like Justice League War World and uh, you know, we're going to probably have something like that coming up pretty soon. So if you're interested in any of that, by any means, go to fanboysanonymous.com. Check out all the things that are going to be happening there. I don't know when Rob and I are going to record like a fan tracks, but we, you know, we're probably going to do that for Justice League War World. So if you're interested in those things, not only should you check that out, but you should also check out the Blueprint Project. A little plug to that. If you don't know what it is, ask. <laughs> by now, I've been saying that a million times. You can click around, you can find the information. It's all on fanboysanonymous.com. And if you really want to know more information and you don't have the time to click on the videos and I'll drop a comment and I'll uh, clarify it a little bit more for different projects like uh, the Batman and Nighttime story and Absolute Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Epic and whatnot. Anyway, before I get too deep into talking about movie references and talking about how great The Usual Suspects is and everything, (laughs) let's move on to how... This ended up uh, finishing tonight. We got uh, the NXT championship match. Ilya, I can't even, 
<laughs> can't even do that without <coughs> getting into that uh, the bad COVID cough. Ilya Dragunov against Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams by his side. We didn't get the heel turn that I was anticipating. We still might get that on NXT on Tuesday. Maybe Dragunov's going to be like, hey, you know, I would have had this match won if it wasn't for Trick Williams, and I bonked my head on the title, and you know, it could be kind of his means to do that. They might want to continue this feud going forward. They did get a good response from the crowd. You know, we had the Fight Forever chance. We had the This Is Awesome chance. This was a match that for about half of it, I had written down, you know, it's a good match. But overall, I don't have anything to say. And then it started to heat up even more. Now, I don't have too many specifics that I can break down. You know, I mean, obviously, you're not clicking on this because you want to hear me say exactly what move by move what happened. But some of the little things that stood out to me were the coast to coast that went into the code breaker definitely didn't land the way that they were expecting that it would. But instead, Dragonoff did this like extra little flip that ended up looking even cooler, I think. So that was cool. Of course, right after that, he almost drops Hayes on his head with powerbomb reversals. So that was pretty scary for a little bit. The near fall had the audience. They really were thinking that Dragonoff was going to win that belt there. So nice near fall. They had the good little, you know, Trick Williams trying to hype up Carmelo Hayes and getting involved. I mentioned that before. So maybe that factors into the future. And they continue to tell the story that like, well, Hayes necessarily might not have won if it wasn't for that. But overall, I mean, it wasn't direct interference. So you've got that that you can kind of hinge on for Hayes to be like, no, I still won the match. They'll probably do a rematch. I'm pretty sure that they're going to do a rematch from this. Hayes hits the leg drop from the top rope, gets the pinfall. He retains and that's that's it. It just sort of ends. There's no big surprise. There's no Brian Pillman Jr. in the crowd. I'm surprised that they didn't do that. I was kind of hoping for that. No Braun Breaker attack, no, you know, announcement for anything going on for NXT No Mercy outside of just the fact that they said like, hey, that's happening. But like, you know, we're not like Shawn Michaels comes out at the end of it and goes, you know what? We're going to have a match for No Mercy and it's going to be whatever. Like, it's, you know, nothing along those lines. It's just sort of, hey, they did the match. Hayes retained and they're probably going to follow it up with another one. Daniel saying the same. Feel like they have to do a rematch. Otherwise, who's next? Yeah, I uh, I missed out on those three episodes that I said, so there might be some little hints here and there that I'm not picking up on that maybe, maybe they had like a backstage segment where somebody was like, all right, Schism's going to go after the belt next or something. But at least from the little bits and pieces that I had seen, didn't seem like there was anybody that was being set up entirely for that. So they probably have to wait because No Mercy comes around in September. They've got some time. And if they can milk this for a little bit longer... You know, tomorrow is or not tomorrow, uh, two days from now. Yeah, Tuesday is the start of August. You get through August, you end up building towards the September pay-per-view. I think they're going to do one more match here with Dragonov on TV. And then they'll probably establish a new number one contender. And for that matter, I think Hayes will retain and, you know, we'll kind of move on from there. I do think that maybe the whole have that heel turn before that other match, though. Maybe Dragonov's gonna turn heel on Tuesday, and then that'll have like full blown heel against Carmelo Hayes. Or maybe they just do the match and they just say, hey, look, these guys are good wrestlers. Go out there and have fun for, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> Might be the case. So 
I do feel like they're in a stalling pattern with certain people. Like they're just waiting to bring Braun Breaker up after SummerSlam. I do think that they probably don't necessarily know exactly where they're going with certain titles, like the Heritage Cup, where they're just waiting and continuing this Noam Dar thing. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that they have some plans that they just they needed to get through Amer- Great American Bash and maybe next week, and then maybe post SummerSlam, everybody's going to kind of like fill in where they need to go. We'll figure that out, of course, when it happens. But in the meantime. That's pretty much it for the Great American Bash. Just a quick uh, review. I mean, obviously it would have been longer if we would have had some back and forth with uh, Robin Callum or something, but sometimes you need to just get in and get out. And uh, yeah, of course, I'm still not feeling all that great. So it's another thing. Maybe uh, save some of my voice. But um, <coughs> of course, if there are any new developments, we'll talk about that stuff on the hot tags when it comes to Friday. Re- uh, retrack, retrace our thoughts on everything that's going on here. We, you know, get some uh, other opinions from like Robin Callum to be able to tell us what they think about these results. And then we will continue the pay-per-view point content coming up next week with the SummerSlam predictions. And look at that. We got SummerSlam coming up on Saturday night. So another post show immediately following that, make sure you have your email alerts set up and you've got your subscription and everything on YouTube. So that way it's a smooth sailing situation where you could just kind of hop on here, chat it up in the live chat and continue on with the next episode of the smart guy moments, Mac talk podcast. But thank you for the live chat. Thank you for listening after the fact. If you're listening to us on Amazon music or Spotify or not stitcher anymore, cause that's going away. But if you are on Stitcher, by the way, that's like your go-to thing. They're switching that all over. They're getting rid of it. They're merging it with other things. I don't know exactly what's going on, but, you know, pop on over to Apple Podcasts or uh, Google Podcasts. There's so many different methods for you to listen to this. My preference is honestly for everybody to be on YouTube, but you might not be the biggest fan of that. Maybe you want to check us out on something like TuneIn. If you do, in any capacity, thank you for listening to this. Always greatly appreciate that. Thank you for the comments. For anybody who leaves that, thank you for your support for the likes and so on and so forth. And adios for now. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and I'm being counted out.